Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in. Hour number three, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. And I would, as always, encourage you guys, go subscribe to the podcast. Believe it or not, we're a little bit over two weeks away from Thanksgiving. I know a lot of you are going to be on the road for Thanksgiving, then for Christmas, then for the new year. I know both Buck and myself will. And it's good to have a podcast to be able to... Take with you. Drive on the road. Long car trips. I've got a big car trip coming for Thanksgiving. I know a lot of you do as well. Go search us out. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton. Boom. Go subscribe. You can also get Tudor Dixon, Carol Markowitz, and more podcast exclusives that you, I guarantee, will enjoy. All right, Buck, let's come back. We started off the show talking about this. Um, Do you buy into the polls that are out from CBS News, which has Trump up three, But more alarmingly, front page of today's New York Times, as I mentioned in the first hour, big headline, voters in five battlegrounds favor Trump over Biden. Um, Buck, here is just to reiterate for people out there who may not have seen this. uh, According to the New York Times, a, a group that, Buck, I think it's fair to say is not typically biased in favor of Donald Trump. Not a lot of MAGA hats in that. (laughs) Not a lot of, not a lot of MAGA hats in the New York Times newsroom. Here are these numbers again. Trump up 10 in Nevada. That's the one that really jumps out even the most to me because that was a state that Biden won. So this, uh, and that Trump never won, uh, in 16 or in 20. Trump up six in Georgia. Trump up five in Arizona. Trump up five in Michigan, uh, Trump up four in Pennsylvania, and the only one that Biden is winning in, and honestly, this kind of surprised me a little bit, um, Wisconsin, where he's up two. Now, they say the reason why he's up in Wisconsin is what they are seeing in the polls is white voters who are older are actually sticking with, um, sticking with Joe Biden. But what's actually happening is minority voters are overwhelmingly rejecting 
uh, Joe Biden relative to historical norms. And I want to see if you buy into this, Buck. This is from, um, this is from Axios, which is analyzing the New York Times poll. This was this morning. Among non-white voters, Biden's support dropped 33 points compared to 2020. The more diverse a state, the worse Biden does. Trump's support among black voters popped to 22 points, which the Times called, quote, unseen in presidential politics for a Republican in modern times. Biden, I'm reading from Axios. Biden's lead among Hispanics is in single digits in the six swing states. Democrats typically win among Hispanics by 30-plus points. So, Buck, we talked about it in the first hour, but we focused a little bit more on Biden's weakness. On this hour, I would ask you, do you buy into these numbers in minority voting uh, data that that actually is occurring, or do you think this is a mirage? You look at all the numbers from all these different places, and you add it all together, and I think what you have, Clay, is no one is going to come out and say that this is a blip on the radar or that this yeah. is some kind of, uh, uh, you know, the, the polls are over or under sampling or, or whatever. There's some data analysis problem. That is not what is going on here. What is going on here is Joe Biden is a remarkably weak incumbent along the lines of a Jimmy Carter. We don't talk about that as much as we used to, but he's having... Certainly his Jimmy Carter moment right now with regard to uh, instability and violence in the Middle East and the deterioration of the U.S.'s role and, and U.S. prestige on the world stage. But what you really have is if Joe, I mean, if Election Day were actually tomorrow for the presidential election, obviously there's other elections going on, um, Donald Trump would win. And, and this is a wake up call to Democrats because I think that they believed with the four, wait, right, it's four, right? Yeah, four indictments plus the civil trial uh, in a post-January 6th era that Biden would, like Hillary uh, in 2016, stay out front and remain out front the whole time. I do not think, and this is where the panic is, is setting in a little bit, Clay, I do not think the Democrats believed at any point given the plan that they have unfolded here. And it is a plan. We, we can guess. There's no way that all these different court cases were all held until the election year. And, you know, it is, this is obvious, right? We we can put two and two together. I don't think they ever believed that Donald Trump would be in such a strong position, not just in the primary, but in the national election. Yeah. The plan was he'll win the primary, but Biden will always be three to five points out front going into the election. And then they'll get their turnout machine going and everything else. This time around, Clay, they're realizing they've actually got a guy who's an incumbent who's going to have to come from behind. But that then goes to what is the strategy? The strategy is, you saw this in the New York Times poll. We've been talking about this. If Trump is convicted, you've seen this, right? If Trump is convicted in D.C. or I would assume in any of these uh, cases, but if he's convicted in D.C., let's just say Arizona... Biden goes up three. Georgia, Biden goes up nine. Michigan, Biden goes up 16. Nevada, Biden goes up nine. Pennsylvania, Biden goes up two. Wisconsin, Biden goes up 13. In the polling. I don't so, buy. See, this, this it that's all the question. Hit, this yes. is their. That's the election. 
they think this delivers Biden the election. And what I think you're seeing, and this is where all the anxiety comes in, Clay, this has been the plan all along, but given the numbers, I think they're freaked out because, and we've talked about this for a long time with regard to the indictments against Trump, what if they have miscalculated? Remember when people were getting angry at us calling in, you guys say that they want Trump, and we're saying, no, no, they want Trump. Yes. They wanted because, Trump in 16. This is yes, important. Yes. They want Trump, and then we would always say, comma, but they might be wrong. They might, just like they did in 2016, have miscalculated the mood of the country and the way this plays out politically. And I think right now, that is what the panic is, is that maybe there's a miscalculation here with they got the Trump they want, but it's not the Trump they can beat. Yeah, I, I don't think, and I understand the argument out there, and some of you disagree with me. Some of you are going to say, oh, if they convict Trump in, you know, the Jack Smith case in D.C. that starts in March, oh, how conveniently is that timed? It's time to start the Monday before Super Tuesday when Trump wants to officially become the nominee, and then they're immediately going to go out and cut his legs out from underneath him. I don't think so. There's no one out there in all of America, I 100% believe this, who is like, you know this Donald Trump guy? I don't really know what I think about him, right? You love Donald Trump. You hate Donald Trump. You might wish Trump weren't running. You might wish Trump could be president for the next 20 years. But you aren't indifferent to him. And so, to me, what the Democrats are running into, and I think this is important, there's an element of Trump's strength that is contrasting with Biden's weakness. And when I look at the data and keep coming back to them, Buck, Democrats, you know how sometimes you hit the same chord and it doesn't register the same way? I think about this when I'm parenting. I got out Saturday, sorry, Sunday driving with my 15-year-old, and I'm trying to think about, and and you think about it, Buck, I bet when when you coached, you can't talk to your team the exact same way every time. Every game requires a different level of motivation. And I think Democrats were of the opinion, all we got to do is roll back out 2020. All we got to do is roll back out 2022. 2022. We're going to talk about democracy at stake. We're going to talk about abortion. Let me tell you about two, both of those things right now, Buck. One, I think it's hard to argue democracy is at stake when you're trying to knock out the chief political opponent of your party. I think most people are looking at that and saying, hey, that's politics. Two, I don't think we've talked about it on the show. In a post-Roe v. Wade world, do you know what happened first full year without Roe v. Wade existing? The number of abortions nationwide actually went up a small amount. I think in 2022, there were a lot of women that they were able to convince, this is the handmaid's tale, you're basically sexual property of men now, you don't control your own bodies, And then women are now looking around saying, actually, it's not that much different. And if by chance I needed, I'm talking about if you're a, you know, 24 year old woman or a 14 year old uh, girl or whatever you are, many states actually ended up with more liberal abortion laws than existed when Roe v. Wade was the law of the land. So this idea that somehow it was going to be impossible to get an abortion, which they sold you on on the left if Roe v. Wade ever got overturned. It's just not true. And I don't think that palpable fear that existed for COVID in 2020 and that they were able to motivate people with in 2022 still exists. 
And here's the, so I think both of those are gone. It's like the boy who cried wolf. Here's the other one, Buck. People didn't like Trump, but they bought in that Biden might be something better. Now they actually see Biden's worse. So you may not like Trump, but you think he was a better president, even a lot of voters out there. Well, well, the, the Biden campaign in 2020 was able to say, look at COVID, look at Trump, look at, uh, you know, the, the need for BLM, for racial justice and all this stuff. And Biden was supposed to be a healer, right? A uniter. Yes. Now we have a record. Yeah. And you have a record of failure on the economy. And that's not just a vague opinion or, you know, a generalized. They're walking away from Bidenomics. You're not going to hear that in the reelection campaign because Bidenomics sucks and everybody knows it. Yes. So, um, and people are saying, what exactly did I get here? So the media's ability to create the narrative for the Biden in the basement campaign is less because we've experienced now three going on four years of Biden. Yes. And enough of it that the, the promise of Biden is now going to have to compete with the reality of Biden. And that for him is very challenging for, uh, reelection prospects. We'll get back into this also. Want to hear from all of you. So give us, uh, give us a call. Also send us your VIP thoughts. Go to clayandbuck.com, become a VIP, email us and tell us what you think about this. We're doing something special the first weekend in December. If you can join us in Tampa for this year's Invest Wealth Summit. It's an opportunity to learn how to create financial freedom and security for your future. You're going to hear from a wide variety of speakers, including myself, as well as Dutch Mendenhall, Tucker Carlson, Lisa Booth, and so many others. This takes place over a three-day weekend, Friday through Sunday, December 1st through 3rd. Dutch Mendenhall is the co-founder and CEO of Rad Diversified, a company that introduces you to alternative investment ideas that can lead you to wealth. Dutch himself has done well, growing a $200 million real estate portfolio from scratch. Learn how to diversify your portfolio without relying solely on Wall Street. Explore alternative investments, gain access to unique opportunity and hidden gems, Uncover untapped potential in real estate, startups, and innovative technologies. You'll also learn how to reduce your tax burden and much more. Expand your investment horizons and secure your financial future. Secure your seat at investwealthsummit.com today. Learn and laugh. Weekdays with Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. You know, we're just talking about Bidenomics, which is going to go the way of Kamal the Borders are, as in a thing that no one in the Democrat Party is going to want to talk about much longer. Here is... National Economic Council Director Lael Brainerd, um, whose work I'm not familiar with. I cannot say that I, I uh, celebrate the work. I of, think she of, almost ended up the head of the Fed, if I'm not mistaken. I'm embarrassed sounds, that I actually have knowledge on her, but yes. Good for you. Look yeah, at that. I know. Clay, Clay celebrates uh, Lael's whole catalog of, of yes. songs, so to speak. Um, here she is saying, uh, well, let's l- just listen to her. Play one. If I look around the world, I don't think there's a leader out there who wouldn't rather have the economic record that President Biden has today. Like, can I just say, what does that even mean? We, we, we care. America is the wealthiest country in the world and the greatest engine for the creation of wealth, innovation, prosperity, etc. in the world, saying that, you know, for the for the person who's supposed to be out there spinning the American economy so that people think it's better than it is, which is very hard because they're paying very high prices. They're running up debts on their credit cards and they're seeing that this isn't working out for them. Um, you know, they're having their cars repossessed. I mean, car loan defaults are going way up. Uh, Clay, as this is happening in the country, they're saying there are just vaguely like other world leaders would love to have Biden's record. What does that, that doesn't even mean anything. I mean, what world leaders, what economies, what part of his record, but they got nothing. I, I think what it really comes back to is, it's all pricing. I, I think because a lot of people don't go to the grocery store on their own, and I'm not talking about the fact that I do this very often, but I do order food through the drive-thru for my kids at fast food. Yes, judge me as a horrible parent. And I just keep coming back to I'm stunned by what things cost and the fact that prices are locked in. And everybody basically, if you look at how much prices have risen, has gotten a major tax hike under Joe Biden. And I think this is maybe indicative, Buck, of the Democrat Party becoming the party of the wealthy elite. It doesn't register with super rich people what things cost in the same way it does with people living paycheck to paycheck. And we talked about in the last segment why Hispanics and why black voters and Asian voters are all overwhelmingly starting to come to the Republican Party. And it's because I think those people live... Uh, oftentimes paycheck to paycheck and understand that Democrat policies aren't reflecting what they say. And this is where the whole idea, as you mentioned, Buck, of binomics, it's not only that it doesn't register as a positive, it's that it actually sounds immensely tone deaf. When your mortgage is 8% and your credit card is 29% 
and your loan to buy a car is eight or nine percent. Joe Biden telling you that things are actually really good economically. And I keep coming back to this too. Uh, you know, when, when you're paying 40% more, when Chick-fil-A meal for your family costs 50 bucks, hearing Joe Biden talk about how good the economy is doesn't register because you don't see it in your own pocketbook. And I think that's where the discordant nature, remember Biden spent $25 million in these border states already trying to sell that he'd done a good job and his numbers got worse. People have made up their minds. Swing states. Yeah, swing states. You said, Just you said swing bo- states. You said border states. I was like, oh, wow. he's really, you know, <laughs> Well, hey. one, well, at least Arizona's a border state. But there no, swing go. states. He spent $25 million, but that's real money. And his numbers went down. So that's because what he's selling, people just don't buy. They don't see it in their day-to-day interaction, day-to-day lives. Well, you know, you, you look at the mortgage rates, for example, and I think it's it's very clear for people when they think, it, from the start of Biden's administration to present, if you were house hunting on a monthly mortgage payment basis, you can afford half the house you used to be able to yes. afford. I, I think that really, you know, so if you were looking at a, you know, a three or four bedroom colonial in a, in a nice place with good schools or whatever, and you were going to spend you know, $400,000 on that house and get your mortgage, you know, $450,000 and, and you can have a mortgage. Now you're looking at a $200,000 house. Yeah. I mean, for and the, the average, same kind of payments. And the average house now is over $400,000, Buck. Yeah. Which is a whole other thing too. I mean, how, how are people going to, you know, your, your, your choices here are how do you get ahead when your expenses are so high so that you can even afford the down payment? And then even if you can afford the down payment with the rates where they are, who knows how long it'll be before you can refinance. So people feel this and they're like, yeah, Bidenomics. I got other ways to describe what that is. Come back to this more team in just a moment. You know, I was at the gun range on Saturday with my brother and a couple of good friends of mine, including a former Navy SEALs, a fantastic instructor for us out there, Rut. And as a gun owner, it's important to stay familiar with your firearms and keep your skills sharp. So I'm out there. I'm trying to learn as much as I can. But I can't get to the range all the time. It's a special thing. Maybe, you know, once every other, once every couple of weeks. That's the best I think I can do. But I can train at home. So that means I do better when I'm out there with the Mantis X system. Mantis X is a firearms training system that is no ammo, all electronic, and lets you improve your shooting accuracy. Once you get your Mantis X, it attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. You connect it to your phone and the Mantis X app. It gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your shooting technique, and it tracks your scores and improvements. It works. Nearly everyone using a Mantis X for training sees improvement in less than half an hour, so the skills come fast. Mantis X is a must-have for every gun owner. Go to MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. MantisX.com. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We roll through the Monday edition of the program. By the way, might be aware there's going to be a Republican... uh debate Wednesday in Miami. I'm going to be down in Miami with Buck Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of this week. We're going to be doing some cool stuff, including potentially special guests on the Wednesday edition of the program. Just put a pin in it. Pay attention. We're going to have some good stuff for you this week rolling in your direction. And there's I told going to be a lot to react to. We have to dress like Crockett and Tubbs the whole time that he's here. So if you see us rocking some pastel blazers and some... uh some pastel T-shirts underneath the blazer. You know what's up. 
Hey, do I need, by the way, I meant to text you this. We've got dinners with advertisers on uh, tonight and tomorrow in Miami. Do I need a jacket at either of these restaurants that we're going to? Do you no, know? but no flip-flops, Clay, right? <laughs> we're, we're civilized people. I am bringing my flip-flops. It's going to be good weather. All right, so I didn't know on the jacket front. Um, this is interesting because Jamal Bowman is clearly an idiot in many ways. But... Uh, and he's the guy, for those of you out there who may have forgotten, pulled the fire alarms, you know, wants to not talk about the fire alarm pulling and everything else. But he is a part of a contingent in the Democrat Party right now that is tearing apart the identity politics coalition that has fueled the Democrat Party over, I would say, much of the last decade. Is it become increasingly crazier and crazier? And I'm sure many of you saw the mostly peaceful protests that took place over the weekend from so many Palestinian supporters who were angry that the United States political class is supporting Israel as much as occurring. And I got a couple of cuts here that I wanted to uh, to, to play for you, because, Buck, we talked about, do you buy this idea that minority support is growing for Donald Trump? I do. I, I think, in particular, men are very strong. Buck, do you know Trump wins two out of three male voters right now in the country? I mean... That, think about how crazy that is for a moment. Two out of every three men are basically supporting Donald Trump right now. Now, I sit back and I say, who are the one-third of men that are supporting Joe Biden in any way? But that level of support we have not ever, in my mind, seen. I mean, two-thirds is pretty crazy. Um, but Jamal Bowman says people of color, Muslims, Arabs, they're disengaged about supporting Joe Biden. Listen to Cut 12. This is Biden's own left wing. I think it's time for us to be anything but calm. I think we have to get to the business of urgent organizing, boots on the ground, really engaging voters in a direct and authentic way, and not just people like myself. The White House needs to do an exceptional job of this because, as you mentioned in your open. People of color are disengaged. Muslims are disengaged. The Arab community is vehemently, excuse me, upset at the president's handling of what's happening in Gaza. So there's a large part of the Democratic base that is struggling to come around to continue to support President Biden. Can I say, Clay, the only real hope that the Democrats have here is what I suggested when we were initially talking about this. Because from the from the get-go, we've said there's a real problem with the Democrats now. They didn't really used to have this. They didn't have a, a loud, far-left, pro-Hamas contingent that could get the kind of attention that they're getting now. You know, there, there's been, there have always been people that were a little more critical of Israel, but they would say, they would couch it in, you know, I defend Israel's right to exist, but, you know, they need to be careful and obey UN mandates and yada yada, right? Now it's there are people like no I'm actually I'm I'm down for the Palestinian cause yeah. and uh, I think Hamas is a resistance organization who are members of Congress right that's a that's a change I, I think the only way that this isn't a big problem for Democrats is if this fades and they move on to other issues basically it's timing uh, this would be a problem if the election were tomorrow this would be a big problem for Democrats because as we've discussed you look at the demographics Michigan specifically but you know more broadly. Um, there, there's a major loss of minority support, and this is what the polling that we've been talking about today shows, uh, from a bunch of different demographics uh, for Joe Biden, certainly from the Muslim-American demographic on this. I also think it's interesting, though, 
Like, what do they really think the Biden administration is going to do here? You know, there, there's a little bit of a disconnect. I'm just going to be totally frank here. The Biden administration, after, after Israel suffers its 9-11, Biden's going to say, you guys can't, def- you guys can't go after Hamas. I mean, they, they wouldn't listen. You know what I mean? I mean, this yeah. notion that like Joe Biden can just turn this off like a switch is crazy. Also, if Joe Biden did that, he would hemorrhage Israeli support, right? Well, Ju- and, Jewish American Jewish support. voters. Yeah. 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 And so, um, this is where the identity politics coalition really becomes an issue because Jewish voters are sitting around out there saying, wait a minute, we were down with the cause on BLM. Uh, we were supportive of all these crazy trans things. We were in the club. We were in the woke club with you. And then we get a terror attack against us. And a lot of Jewish voters, I think, are looking around like, what the heck's going on? Buck, did you see the New York Times has a huge article about how the amount of Fox News viewership for Jewish uh, viewers has skyrocketed? And, uh, and, and, and in New York City now, that there are more people watching Fox News than MSNBC or CNN. I tell you, I was just out at the range this weekend running, uh, you know, two gun drills. I had my AR, I had my staccato, and, you know, was with my what, my brother and, and a couple friends of ours, and, you know, we were going through drills out on the course. And one thing we talked about is the, the big surge in Jewish American and specifically female Jewish American gun ownership is yeah. surging. And I'm like, great. Welcome to the party. Welcome to Team 2A, everybody. I think this is fantastic, but it's a it's a phenomenon. The New York Times is writing that. It's a real thing. It's not just a yeah. perception. I mean, the numbers are showing this. People are realizing you want to be able to defend yourself because you know one of one of the big uh, you know one of the big challenges here in Israel, Clay, in some of these communities and some of these kibbutz uh, kibbutzim, there were hours and hours without yes. armed defense and support. I mean, I could tell you just from like the friends I know here in Miami Beach, there are a lot of patriotic 2A people who would get out there on the street and def- be able to defend their community in minutes. I mean, yeah, two minutes, right? And, and it's a very different situation. People realize the Second Amendment exists for very good reason. I think a lot of dads and moms, grandmas and grandpas have read and seen the videos of what happened in those Israeli communities. And can you imagine being a father? or a mother, or a grandma, or a grandpa, and you are just in your home, a lot of those people weren't armed, Buck, and they were talking about, hey, we've got, you know, like a, a lamp or something that we're going to try to hit a Hamas, an armed Hamas terrorist if he comes in. Many of those people, unfortunately, ended up being murdered. And I think that palpable fear of being under assault, being in a safe room, not being able to come out, being unclear, like trying to hold the door while people are trying to chop it down and come in and kill you because of being Jewish. I mean, how much difference would the family being armed have been? I think that's that's resonating with a lot of uh, Jewish people all over the United States and, frankly, around the world. You know, Israel, while it is very um, advanced and sophisticated from a military and intelligence standpoint, and while there's, uh, you know, mandatory military service for men and women, um I would think that, you know, I, you know, it's, it's a difference in, in philosophy and psychology in a lot of countries. They just think that what we do here in America, you know, obviously they think that what we do is crazy. Um, I, I would, I'm not sure if this has happened yet at all, if anyone's brought it up in the Knesset, the Israeli parliament, but there should certainly be a law because they have strict gun laws. It's actually yeah. really hard to get a weapon in Israel. Every home in Israel should be allowed to have a, you know, a semi-automatic rifle, you know, just as, as a, 
as a, as a, just a standard operating procedure. Like this should just be, you should be allowed to have, I mean, people are going to yell at me. What do you mean just one? I'm just saying everybody should be allowed to defend their home, especially when you're out on the, I mean, you know, you're out near on the, the fringe out, near Gaza. Yeah. Near Gaza. It's, it's, um, and you know, for anyone who's near the West Bank, there are clashes there. For anyone who's up in the North, there are clashes with, with Hezbollah. I mean, this has really changed the, the thinking I would, I would, I would hope because this, this plot that Hamas pulled off, I mean, it, there was training and preparation. It wasn't highly sophisticated, though. Right. It didn't require advanced military weaponry, and it could be pulled off elsewhere. I mean, they wouldn't have the same element of surprise, but they could try something similar, just commando units in in Israeli neighborhoods. So, to me, uh, you know, there there is a a reminder here for, you know, it's very it's very different. There's that quote um, attributed to Admiral Yamamoto. You know what I'm talking about, right? Where the problem with invading America is there'd be a rifle behind every blade of grass. Yeah. Um, I, I, some people say that quote, quote is apocryphal. I'm not sure if it is or not, but it's a good quote anyway, because it's true. What's the first thing they did in Ukraine? Start passing out guns. Yeah. Do we have time for one more Jamal Bowman clip saying oh, yes. this could cost Joe Biden the election? Reminder, it could cost Joe Biden the election in both ways. And this is the challenge with identity politics is it requires you to pick a side and both sides within your coalition going to be alienated. Listen. Could this war cost him re-election? Yes, it could. And let me just be very clear. It's one thing to support Israel, which the U.S. has always done and will continue to do. It's another thing to never hold Israel accountable for their behavior. President Biden hasn't been strong enough in holding Israel to account. And the Muslim community, the Arab community, and Palestinians hear that loud and clear and receive that as erasure and even further receive it as dehumanization. And this is where this president has to do better, but this is where the United States has to do better as well. It's just blather. What does that even yes. mean? He's not a smart man, I think. Well, is but no, but but he's those are talking points you'll hear yeah. broadly on the left that there's a dehumanization of Palestinian Americans because Israel is having these airstrikes. What do they really want to happen here? They want Joe Biden to say, I'm cutting off all aid and support to Israel unless they stop the military strikes against Hamas. That's that's like asking America not to fight against al-Qaeda after 9-11. It is a total non-starter. And to your point, I mean, you think Joe Biden has problems with the coalition now. He completely betrays Israel and and Jewish Americans in this country who support and and everyone in this country who supports Israel, he's going to have really big problems in 2024. Which is why Biden's now trying Buck to say, "I don't support a ceasefire, I support a pause." Which is ridiculous, right? So on the one hand, you have Israel saying, "We're going to go balls to the wall and do everything we can to Hamas." Uh the uh the the left in this country that supports Hamas and Palestine is saying, "Well, we need a ceasefire." And Biden's trying in some way to triangulate and say, okay, I want to pause. That's him attempting to finesse the identity politics riddled conundrum that he's created where if you go one to Israel or you go too far to uh, Palestine, you lose. And I think he's in danger of losing both. Uh, because he's not making either side happy, and uh, he's in trouble. Uh, even banks have security issues when it comes to cybersecurity. Take the case of Flagstar Bank. 
uh, cyber hackers tried to gain access to their database and to that of third-party vendors. This put over 800,000 of Flagstar customers' info at risk, including tax records and social security numbers. This is the kind of thing that reminds you why having online identity theft protection is important. When you have it with LifeLock, you'll get notified immediately if they notice suspicious activity that you didn't authorize. Now, it's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives what you can do about it. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock. Systems are sophisticated enough to sift through billions of online transactions a week, looking for patterns of activity that signal legal actions, and they're in touch with you quickly. If it turns out you're a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. It's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now. Save 25% off your first year with promo code CLAY. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to lifelock.com. Use my name, Clay, C-L-A-Y, as your promo code for 25% off. You know them as conservative radio hosts. Now just get to know them as guys on the Sunday Hang podcast with Clay and Buck. Find it in their podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are closing up shop here on Clay and Buck, uh, and we're going to be doing a little uh, Miami tour in the next couple of days. So I'm going I'm to be in charge of Clay. Uh, we're going to have to 
go very fast in a convertible and uh, vroom, vroom all over Miami. Because, Clay, I don't know if you know, the speed limit here, it's posted in some places at 55, but they mean go 140. Um, it's the only place in the country. I, the last time I was in Miami with you, I remember looking over both directions and we were getting passed on the interstate. And I didn't think we were going super slow. We were going 85 miles an hour, probably. <laughs> um, not that I would do that, because that would be above the speed limit, and I would never break the law. But I'm just saying, uh, no, I mean, there are cars routinely. I've never seen anyone drive as fast as cars drive in the Miami area and, you know, going up as a New York. Because in New York, you'll just get nailed. I mean, if you're going 20 miles an hour over the limit, you're going to get a $400 or $300 speeding ticket, like full stop, you know? Yeah. Here, just, I don't know. It's different. You know, they, it's a car culture. You got a lot of, you got a lot of Lamborghinis, a lot of Ferraris, but, It's a little different than the car culture that Clay is dealing with right now as he is in the role of driving instructor for his oldest boy. Clay, how's that going? I I just, we got out on the road, the real road, Sunday. And I don't know that I've ever done anything more stressful as a parent. I mean, there are lots of things that are stressful about having a kid, particularly when the baby's young and you put him in the crib and you're always worried about whether things are okay are they are they alive right like there's a lot of those times where you put the baby down and then like you find yourself kind of especially your first couple of kids running in constantly to make sure that they're okay in the crib and everything else i haven't done anything as stressful as a parent as try to teach my 15 year old how to drive and i just i mean like every moment is fraught with peril and we got on the first real road buck and uh I, I, I don't, I mean, I feel like I have given up years of my life now trying to teach him how to drive and we've only had two on the road driving instructions. So do far. you remember it's, uh, it's still a very good movie. I know it's a little silly, but you, you've seen Clueless. I know everyone's oh, yeah. seen Clueless. It's a great movie. Remember, yeah. remember the scene where they're, uh, uh, like Murray, I think is, and, and his girlfriend are, are in the car and they accidentally end up on the highway and it's like the most terrifying moment of their lives. Yes. It's a funny little sequence in the movie. But I mean, I remember being in a car in New York City. You know, I had driver's ed and, uh, you know, getting on like the, um, what do you call it? The uh, FDR drive or getting on the West Side Highway. Yeah. That was a real, you know, once you got to going 20, 30 miles an hour feels when you're, you know, you're 16, you're learning to drive feels pretty, uh, okay. Once you get up to 60, 70 miles an hour, then all of a sudden you're like, Ooh, I'm really driving. Yeah, yeah, the interstate's going to be terrifying whenever we do it, but I actually think in many ways the interstate interstate is not as scary because by and large there isn't somebody who might cross the street. You know, there aren't dogs, there aren't kids, there aren't hopefully parked cars. Like changing lanes, I can't even imagine how terrifying that's going to be. But once you're on the interstate and you've merged, just driving through a neighborhood, I, I, I can't tell you yeah. how many times I think, oh my goodness, this is going to be bad. Or, like, I'm on the right side, how close he gets to parked cars, and I'm, like, you know, trying to use my body language to make sure that we're not going to hit a parked car. I mean, it's pretty terrifying. So, um, I-, I will say that I've said this before, and people across the country like to pick fights with me over it, but they always say, oh, you know, I grew up in this place or that place with lots of open roads and driving from a young age. I'm like, I started driving at 16, and I started driving in a place where crazy stuff happens all the time, yeah. where delivery guys on bicycles yep. appear out of nowhere, where shirtless vagrants come popping out to wipe your windshield down. And, you know, it's like you don't know what's going on. So I think being a big city driver is actually amazing training. I think it's actually way tougher. I remember being, for the first time, driving in D.C. and driving in New York City, even as an adult, and being terrified about it. 
three shows from Miami, including Buck, Wednesday special. Put it on Trust Me. You're not going to want to miss Wednesday show. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.